Hey, Dan. Hey, Faith. What do you call a wizard in a UFO? I don't know. What do you call a wizard in a UFO? A flying sorcerer. Boo! The late night fright begins now. Only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. You're listening to WKMF Cozy Corner Public Access Radio. It's the witching hour. Time for the late night fright with your hosts, Dan and Faith. Hey everybody, I am Dan. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, broadcasting from WKMF in Cozy Corner. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host, everyone's favorite barista, the owner of the Cozy Cafe, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. We have, Faith, I think we have a good show tonight. I think we have a great show tonight. We are going to be talking about a legitimate creature feature featuring one of the all-time great boogers. And if you didn't listen to last week's show, then that reference might be lost on you. But booger movies, we're trying to make that happen here at the Late Night Fright. Let's start get that. Let's get that hashtag on. Hashtag booger movies. Booger movie is any boogeyman. But we have a legit booger with us tonight. We are going to be talking about the 1987 Arnold Schwarzenegger movie predator faith how much do you love this movie i love this movie so much i love this movie so much too it is also reticulon transcendence week here in cozy corner faith happy reticulon transcendence week and you don't even have to say it back to me because i know same to you because i you know that you, that you've had trouble with it all week yeah for those of you you're probably wondering right now, what is Reticulon Transcendence Week? We have a special segment from our science editor, Dr. Palladium. Faith, you know Dr. Palladium. I sure do. He is the inventor of the murder bot, as well as several other inventions. They're too numerous to get into. You should really wiki him. But uh, he's going to have a special report on what exactly Reticulon Transcendence Week is. Um before we go any further, Faith, we need to talk about what happened last week because we had kind of an eventful show last week. Just like all of them. Just like <laughs> just like all of them. Just like all of them. Uh, in case you didn't tune in last week, we had um, we had a visitor to the studio. Cozy Corner had a very strange visitor by the name of Flatulus. He is an evil fart demon that someone took it upon themselves to... Raise him from his hiding place. Who do you think it was? You know, I've been been thinking about this. I think it was Lothar. You think it was Greg Huffleplank? Yes. Known as Lothar, Mm -hmm. who brought about the zombies Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah, that's That's who I think it was. That's an interesting theory. Would you like to know who I think raised the fart demon known as Flatulus? Yes. I think it was the Charmin Toilet Paper Company. The conspiracy runs very deep that's a good it's a good answer 
I have no proof, but the conspiracy runs deep. Now, in case any of you have not been following the news, we were attacked last week by Flatulus, the fart demon. He came into the studio, but luckily, the Cozy Corner Corps of Engineers were on the scene. They built a giant toilet, and they flushed him. Thank God. It was... (sighs) It was an amazing sight. Unfortunately, no one and in this age and in this day and age, it's amazing that no one had a cell phone camera and recorded that. I know. It was something to see. We are we are really sorry that you missed that. Now that event, we are we are currently trying to get Cozy Corner to the number one strangest city in America. Duluth has a stranglehold on this, and I don't know why. I personally think it's political. What, what do you think? I have no idea. I, I might agree, agree with you on that one. I, I think it's part of the big conspiracy. I, I really do. But we actually moved down from number two to number three, and we got passed up by a town called Blumpville. Have you ever heard of Blumpville? Where's it at? No one knows. Hmm. I don't know, but we're going to have to do some investigating, but uh, yeah. we are, we're going to try and get that number one spot. We're going to try and get it. But speaking of number one, ladies and gentlemen, we have a huge announcement here at the late night fright. Faith, the ratings came in this week. Yeah. Did you see them? No. Tell me. We are number one with the cozy corner prison and with Cozy Corner Community College. Oh, wow. We are the number one show in the prison and in the community college. This is something to be very proud of. That's so amazing. Also, also, Cozy Corner has upped the wattage here at the station. We have gone global. We are also being heard all around the world. We have listeners in Ireland and in London if you can believe that. That's incredible. And we got a message from one of them in London. Our new friend, Wendy Parker, goes by the handle Cenobite Queen. You remember the Cenobites from Hellraiser? Yeah. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. she apparently is their queen. Wow. And she is a new friend of the show, and she wants us to tell you, your suffering will be legendary. I don't know what that means. I don't know if I want to find out. I don't know about that. So that's that's good news. It's been a week of of tragedy and mm-hmm. a little light at the end of the tunnel. We really do, uh, ghosts and goblins, you ghouls out there listening to us. We need to find a name for our fan base, don't you think? I, yeah, we do. You know, you need to email us. What would you like to be called, all of you out there listening to us around the world? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be called? We have a great show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the 1987 movie Predator. We are supposed to have an in-studio guest, a very special in-studio guest. Do you want to tell them who it is, Faith? Yeah. Tell them. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is in town. He also brought Carl Weathers with him. And Bobby, our good friend Bobby, the host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. Bobby has been hanging out with Arnold and Carl, kind of showing them around town, and and he's supposed to have them here in the studio. 
later. So we're supposed to have Arnold in studio. Uh, we have some new music tonight. Uh, Weird Gal is trying to break a new group. She said, now this was in a letter because we've never actually seen her. Have you seen her? I haven't. Mm-mm. She has this group that she occasionally plays with, and she is trying to break them. And it's the band Polly Walnuts. And Bobby's a big fan of Polly Walnuts. Yeah, I think he played a few tracks for me before from them. I like them. Uh, he he plays mm-hmm. them. He plays Polly Walnuts sometimes on Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. And they have a regular gig down at Ivan the Terribles uh, over there off of Sacred Burial Road. And so we have a track from them that we're going to be playing tonight. And this is an exclusive to the late night fright. Also, Billy Joel is in town. Billy Joel is getting the prestigious James Conn Award. We're going to have some more on that later. But first, as always, the news. We still don't know who they are or what they do, but sales of the Welsh Jennings Corporation's wonky belly, Pink Bismuth, have been through the roof in Cozy Corner. Analysts attribute the surge in sales to the recent conjuring of the fart demon Flatulus. According to Madame Hill of Madame Hill's Juju Emporium, the mere appearance of flatulus in an area results in sour stomachs and evacuations of the bowels that even 12-year-old boys would not find funny. Of the attack, Mayor Lucius Morningstar said that while that was more like it, there are more efficient ways to thin out the herd that do not require the Cozy Corner Sanitation Department to work overtime cleaning up what he calls evil chocolate dookie. With all of the recent paranormal activity in Cozy Corner, psychokinetic energy is at an all-time high. However, the psychokinetic energy seems to be localized to the Cozy Corner Public Library. This has resulted in a recent rash of symmetrical book stacking, a truly terrifying sight to behold as no human would ever stack books that way. Dr. Raymond Stans, a parapsychologist who is present at an undersea, unexplained mass sponge migration, said the incidents remind him of the Philadelphia mass turbulence of 1947 and a similar event that transpired at the main branch of the New York Public Library in 1984. Dr. Stans said that if the phenomena become hostile, you know who to call. It's Reticulon Transcendence Week here in Cozy Corner a week characteristically marked by tinfoil hats and good-natured joking. But for Principal Murphy Monroe of the Cozy Corner Elementary School, this is no laughing matter. While doing a spot check of one of the boys' bathrooms, Principal Monroe found the old joke, how are the Starship Enterprise and toilet paper alike? They both circle Uranus looking for Klingons, written in permanent marker on one of the bathroom stall doors. Principal Monroe has banned the telling of the joke, saying that it promotes a wicked lifestyle, and wicked lifestyles are never a laughing matter. He also added that Star Trek sucks, and while I'd like to be a lazy stoner hippie sitting around on his ass all day, smoking doobies, and boldly going, most of you will never know the true nature of betrayal, the absolute black heart that beats in the soul of humanity, the lies, the deceits, the manipulations. Oh, how that woman could spend money. Principal Monroe's wife, the founder of the Cozy Corner Trek Society, filed for divorce last week. In a bit of sad news, lifelong Cozy Corner residents Glenwood Campbell passed away on Tuesday. Puddin, or Pud, as his friends called him, worked for years at the Cozy Corner refinery as a master welder. He was so good that he once claimed he could fix the crack of dawn itself. Pud was also a self-confessed professional liar. Happy trails, Pud. You will be missed. And that's the news from Cozy Corner. 
So, Faith, the uh, psychokinetic activity, I understand that you've had a little psychokinetic activity at the Cozy Cafe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I've been getting, I've just had these strange vibes in there lately. and I've got an EVP as well. I I heard that you had gotten an EVP. I and did. is it true that that was recorded in the men's bathroom? Mm-hmm, it was. And you have that with mm-hmm. you, yeah, is that I do. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to play that right now. Yeah, let's so, play it. Cozy Corner. This is an exclusive. This is an EVP recorded right here at the Cozy Cafe. And this is what is going on with this psychokinetic energy from the zombies and from Flatulus. So here we go. Hello? Is anybody here? Please make yourself known. I won't hurt you. Kickballs, bitch. That sounded... Truly terrifying. Oh, it was. That's awful. I mean, just try, you know, being in there while I'm recording it, and I, I'm thinking, who, who is this? And, of course, it happened in the men's bathroom. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Speaking, speaking of cake balls, Faith, you, you have something to say, because a lot of people have been asking, when are you going to start selling cake balls at the Cozy Cafe? And you, my friend, my friend of many years now, you have drawn a line in the sand regarding the cake balls, and you want to say something to the people of Cozy Corner. Okay, Cozy Corner, if you want cake balls, get off your asses and get Robert England on our show. That's how you will have cake balls at the Cozy Cafe. Is that simple, right? It's that simple. It's that simple. If we get Robert England on the show. I will make cake balls. I love it. I love it. So we'll have a cake ball day with we'll, Robert England. We'll have a cake ball day. Yeah. Maybe we'll even finish the show. Maybe so. Cozy Corner, Ghost and Goblins. I like that. Ghost and Goblins. I think we're going to start calling our fan base Ghost and Goblins. Work. You Ghost and Goblins out there, as she said, get off of your asses. <laughs> You're in this too. Someone make it happen on social media. Please, come on. We're going to do our best to make it happen. Robert England, if he shows up, if we can get him on this show, cake balls, mm-hmm. finally. As I said before, we have, I think we have a great show tonight. We have a new track from Pauly Walnuts. This is an exclusive to the Late Night Fright. But as we go to break, of course, as always, this is our new segment, The Booger of the Week. Ooh. Why booger? Because my uncle called the boogeyman, the booger man, and thus every creature monster movie became a booger movie. So this is our booger of the week. But before we do that, I just have one thing to say. Put wherever you are, this one's for you. We'll be right back. Booger of the Born in London in 1879, stage and film actor Ernest Thesiger had already worked with both Boris Karloff and director James Whale in 1932's The Dark Old House before appearing as Dr. Septimus Pretorius in 1935's universal horror classic The Bride of Frankenstein. 
The studio wanted Claude Rains for the role, but director Whale insisted on casting his old friend as the devilishly eared former philosophy professor who had set Henry Frankenstein on his ghoulish journey of bringing life to the dead. Thesiger's role in the film is that of a darkly comic and slithery antagonist. Pretorius aids in the creation of the bride and delivers the film's most famous line, to a new world of gods and monsters. In a legendary film full of iconic moments and memorable performances, Dr. Septimus Pretorius stands out from the rest and earns the honor of Booger of the Week. It's Michael Kang, for Wes Jennings. Now you've been asking, what is Wes Jennings? I told you last time. They backed a truckload of money out to my house to me to do commercials. You know what else they did? They backed a whole truckload of that wonky belly up the cozy corner after you had that problem with that fart demon. That's who Wes Jennings is. Don't worry about who Wes Jennings is. Worry about what you want to be. Wes Jennings. I'm Michael Kelly. Trying to take it easy, but you feel something greasy. Wonka's Pink Bismuth. Wonka's Pink Bismuth. Wonka's Pink Bismuth. A Welsh Jennings concoction. Available now. This is Dr. Palladium with an exclusive for the late night fright. The year was 1977, the day one that ended in a Y. It was a hellacious night in Cozy Corner, full of wind and lightning. Yes, lightning. <laughs> a young clerk at the battery barn by the name of Boone Parcheesi. Yes, Parcheesi, like the game was walking home through the storm after a long day of testing batteries. In those days, they did not have an electronic battery tester at the battery barn. Boom Parcheesi had just spent eight hours on his feet licking batteries. I understand it can give you quite a rush, but I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Lightning crashed from the sky and found young Boone Parcheesi. It hit him right in the head. Young Parcheesi had metal fillings on his teeth. His hygiene was absolutely atrocious. And when the lightning mixed with the metal fillings and the battery acid still swishing around in his dirty, filthy mouth, something happened. When Parcheesi came to, he was picking up signals, radio signals from far away. There weren't words, just a beep boop beep boop ba boop ba I know. 
I was a young scientist with a cipher in them. The message was for us, we the people of Cozy Corner. I worked feverishly to translate it. It's said that on this day, in this week, at this time, the Reticulans would visit our humble hamlet. The questions of the universe would be answered. Cozy Corner would join its place in the universe. Yes, yes. And I, Dr. Palladium, I would be all-powerful. <laughs> I mean, we would all transcend. It's the reticulant transcendence. And what happened to young Boom Parcheesy? He disappeared. But that's a story for another time. This has been Dr. Palladium. <laughs> Back to After the success of Sylvester Stallone's 1985 Cold War classic Rocky IV, the running joke in Hollywood was that the only person left for Rocky Balboa to fight was E.T., the extraterrestrial. The 1987 John McTiernan film Predator is the punchline. Written by Jim and John Thomas and produced by Joel Silver, Lawrence Gordon, and John Davis, the film starred Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dutch the leader of an elite military unit that does battle with an intergalactic trophy hunter in the jungles of Central America. Filmed under the working title of Hunter, the film starred Jesse Ventura, Bill Duke, Richard Chavez, Sonny Landham, and Lethal Weapon screenwriter Shane Black as Duchess Commandos. Epidia Carrillo appears as Anna, a guerrilla fighter. R.J. Armstrong has a brief but memorable role as Major General Phillips and Apollo Creed himself, Carl Weathers, co-stars as CIA operative Dylan, a pencil pusher who gets into a legendary arm wrestling match with Dutch. John Claude Van Damme was originally cast as the alien hunter but left the project due to creative differences. Kevin Peter Hall was then cast in the role and then the alien was also redesigned by legendary makeup and creature creator Stan Winston. Originally, the alien hunter had yellow eyes and a dog-like head, but the design proved not agile enough for the film's shoot. Winston redesigned the creature with a heavy crustacean influence, and from a suggestion by Terminator director James Cameron, mandibles were added to complete the monster's iconic look. Optimus Prime voice actor Peter Cullen supplied the voice and sounds of the creature. The score was provided by Alan Silvestri, composer of the scores for Back to the Future, The Avengers, and Ready Player One. The movie was a sizable hit upon its release, with reviews being somewhat mixed. In recent years, the movie has been reevaluated by critics. C. Robert Cargill of Film.com called it one of the great science fiction horror films, but often imitated, but never properly duplicated. Not even by its own sequel. The film spawned a multimedia franchise with five sequels being produced to date, the latest film being 2018's The Predator. There have been crossovers on film with the Xenomorphs from the Alien series, The Predator has done battle with Batman in comic books, and there have even been video games based on the film. But none of that really matters. Dan, what did you think of the movie Predator? 
I do not have enough words to describe how much I love this movie, but in the course of this evening's broadcast, I am going to try to find them. Faith, what did you think of the movie Predator? I loved Predator. This is one of those movies where I don't think there's a fence. No, not at all. On this movie. And do you want to tell them what we mean, that there's no fence? I mean, basically, if you... I mean, you could either love it or you either hate it. But if you hate it, you have a problem. There's two kinds of people <laughs> in this world. There's people who love Predator and there's people who just haven't seen it. There you go. But not. But the fence also extends to... It's not just you either love it or you hate it. If you love the movie... You love, the you movie. love this movie with all of your heart and soul. And I have seen grown men, when you mentioned the movie Predator, they light up. Now, Faith, you are actually kind of a newbie to, to the Predator world, mm-hmm. are you not? Yeah, I think I've only seen it two or three times now. Because we don't, we don't want to give too much away here, but you are of a certain age. You mm-hmm. are in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. And so this is new for you. So what was it like for you coming into this movie and seeing it for the first time? I know you've seen it before. So this this was your second viewing. Yeah. So just tell me some general impressions that you had the first time and then going back and, and watching it again. I think the first time I watched it was with you, mm-hmm. I think last year. And I didn't know too much about it at first. I hadn't Googled it, didn't look it up, just went in blind pretty much. Um so the, the way the whole movie lays itself out in the beginning, I love the way that you don't know that this creature is actually in the woods with them, mm-hmm. watching them. Mm-hmm. I love the way that it's set up like that. It's one yeah. of my favorite parts. Um, trying th- I, I like the the way that it feels like multiple movies in one movie right. as you're watching it. Right. So it it hooked you pretty early. Oh, yeah. You got... I mean, you were you were on on the bandwagon pretty yeah. much immediately. Okay. Me. So, you you totally get it that there is no fence Absolutely. with this movie. And so, um, let me let me let me see. Let me. How do I put this? I think this movie is an absolute masterpiece of storytelling. And it was directed by John McTiernan. And the next year, he would direct another masterpiece of storytelling. Maybe the greatest action movie ever made, Die Hard. <laughs> so, and this was, I think, if if I'm correct, this was maybe his second movie. He directed a small budget movie, and they, they got him to do this. And what a one-two punch. Two of the greatest, I, I, I mean this, I think Predator is one of the great films to come out of the 80s. I think I it is a legit masterpiece. And so let's get into it. So I want to start things a little different tonight because we haven't really focused too much on this uh, in our in our recent episodes. Let's talk about the real star of this movie. And Arnold Schwarzenegger gets top billing, but Alan Silvestri, I think, is the real star of this movie. And the score to this film, from the beginning, the opening... Yeah, as soon as the title pops. <laughs> the opening moments, that sense of dis-ease that he creates but and then you have that great shot of the spaceship coming in but then you're immediately into this action theme Mm -hmm. that is just amazing it's brilliant and i i really do think this i think that this might be in the top 25 film scores of all time and 
it it just works and it does what a film score is supposed to do it elevates what is going on in the film it adds to it it does not take away from what's going on it never gets in the way and that's what's so brilliant about this and we've we've had this discussion before modern movies and i I don't want to knock on modern movies because there are a lot of good composers out there but what do you think of modern film scores they don't stand out as much as older movies they don't stand out as much as Mm -hmm. the older movies and it's very rare and we've seen quite a few newer movies together how often do we walk out humming anything from the score i don't think we ever have (laughs) i i think that the last movie that we hummed something from was possibly the force awakens and yeah that might be it the the john williams score and i just want to add very quickly that we forgot last week it was his birthday last week and we want to say happy birthday to john uh he's definitely one of my favorite film composers maybe my favorite film composer i know faith you he's my favorite love him i know we're talking about predator but we just (laughs) said john williams name faith Favorite John Williams score. Okay, well, obviously, Star Wars is going to be up there. You kind of have to say you it at this point. You kind of have to say Star Wars. But I think I discussed this with you, too, that I get so happy when I hear Home Alone. The Home Alone. I don't even have to watch the movie. Just the music alone just makes me happy. Beautiful. It's a beautiful score. And, I love it. And what we were talking about with what great film scores do, if you watch Home Alone, and again, talking about Predator, the Home Alone score does exactly what it's supposed mm-hmm. to do. It evokes the heartstrings because there's the, the melancholy of being left alone, but it also uh, plays as a big cartoon in some points. This score, oh, and for the record, um, all of them. Those are my favorite John Williams scores. But if you make me pick one outside of Star Wars, which is absolutely beautiful, I think E.T. is his masterpiece. Yeah. But also want to throw out for some of you out there this might be a little left field the temple of doom score is also nothing short of an atonal masterpiece check out the bug scene anyway talking about bugs let's get back to predator alan silvestri score like i said it does exactly what it's supposed to do and you can hum it yeah dun 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 and these little motifs play through that entire film and just add to the unease yeah, it um, just makes the movie so much more suspenseful. And as I said, I don't think that it ever gets in the way. And I talking about the score, and I compose, and I am always listening to the score. And I know hanging out with me for all these years, <laughs> and you've made this comment before, I have. that you have really started noticing Every film scores. Every single movie I watch, I specifically listen to the scores. And I mean, there's just and this one. And what does this, this one do one. for you? What? It, um, because when we were going into it, when you were going to be doing the show on it and I said, pay attention to the score. Yeah. And what what hits you in that score? What it excites me for one thing. I mean, it pulls me straight into the movie and it just feels like I don't know, like I'm just in there with them. That makes any sense. It, it totally makes it feel like you're in there with them, because as you made it, you made a great point. This is a couple of movies in one. Yeah. This this is part of the genius of this movie. We're going to get to that in a, in a bit. It's kind of three movies in one, yeah. and the score plays it as an action movie. Mm-hmm. It plays it as a horror mm-hmm. movie. It plays the mystery element, and then it just it transcends 
the movie. It makes this film better. It maybe makes it better than it should well, be. Let me ask you, because mm-hmm. I think I had pointed out, do you have a favorite music scene? Do I have a favorite cue yeah, just in the movie? Uh, again, with the John Williams question, the answer is all of them. But uh, I really like that first big chord when Predator pops up on screen. Um, I am also I'm a fan of the um, what I would call the main title. Uh, the as as I just hummed it, that dun 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 dun, but that ba 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 ba. Very reminiscent of his Back to the Future score, um, but it puts you right in this movie. It does. It puts you right in the movie. Do you have a favorite music cue? Yeah, um, it's not a huge part, but when he was, after he fought the Predator, he's standing there and the chopper shows up at the end. The There's g- just this beautiful music all of a sudden that comes out and it's just, it's very out to me. Very reminiscent of Taps. I loved the, it. I think I'd heard this years ago. I think that is called fanfare for a mercenary. Possibly it's, Hmm. it's something, but, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that also played during, uh, when Bill Duke was talking to, uh, Blaine's corpse. I think they, he brings that in. And if it's not, it's very reminiscent, but that's a, that's a great, that's a great call. I just know it stood out right there for me. That whole, that whole little scene. And again, if, uh, if you're out there, watch the movie again, Mm -hmm. listen to the score, listen to how it works. Alan Silvestri really is the star of this movie. He makes it work in ways that it probably wouldn't have if if he wasn't there. And um, we talked about Friday the 13th last week, and there was something I came across when I was doing research. And I want to read this, and I want to throw this idea out to you and see what you think of this. Um, I believe as the director said in regards to the Friday the 13th movie, he says, I don't believe that when you watch a Friday the 13th film, you want to feel like John Williams is sitting next to you with the London Symphony Orchestra. And what I get from that quote is maybe there's a lowered expectation for a horror film with the music. Do you get that yeah, idea maybe from so. that? Maybe, maybe. like maybe uh, something big and orchestral and sweeping might be uh, unsuitable for a horror movie because it's just a horror movie. Possibly, yeah. I watch Predator and I completely disagree (laughs) with that quote. I think that the bar should be pretty high with film music in general. The music should always serve the film. The music should always serve the story. Well, see, that's that's like what we're talking about. A lot of these new movies, they fail on that music aspect in some of them. So I feel like the movie doesn't add up to what it should be because I want the music to be there with it to pull me in. Right. And it's not there. A lot of modern film scores, and and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because we are talking about the great creature feature from 87 Predator. Uh, They just sound like ambient noise and very, I don't know. Again, as I said, there's not a lot of melody Mm -mm. to them. And this this score, though, it is everything you want in a film score. And again, I, I really do mean that. I think it's probably one of the 25 greatest film scores of all time. I would put it up there with anything from any of the masters. Um, And one final point about Sylvester's score, I think it's very reminiscent of Jerry Goldsmith's score for Planet of the Apes. So that's another great movie. We might have to do that one one night on the late night Friday. It's been a long time for me too. Maybe the King's Palace will show it. But uh, Jerry Goldsmith, another just master of the genre and one of my 
all-time favorite composers uh composed a great percussive score for planet of the apes check that score out check out alan silvestri watch the way that it's integrated and used in the movie you will you will not regret it so that to me he is the real star of the movie but let's talk about the other star of the movie and not the big guy in the center of this let's talk about the script let's talk about the story uh this is an absolutely simple idea faith as in in as few words as you can what is this movie about what's what's the story it is so simple it's about a creature surviving guys going into the jungle yeah have to fight a creature yeah that's it that's it it's it's very simple and as we said in the bumper that there you know it was a joke it started as a joke i'm not <laughs> laughing this is awesome this is <laughs> this is such a delightful movie and as we get into the script let's say something up front here this is again 20, top 25 score this is maybe one of the top 10 most quotable movies of mm-hmm. all time I think everybody in this movie has a few lines that just that just really yeah. zing, and uh, we uh, we're going to talk about some of those lines uh, at the end. As if you've listened to the show before, we when we get to the end, we like to talk about our favorite things. I think I think we have a few favorite lines from yeah, that we're going into. But um, what I like about this movie is the way that it is structured this movie uses reveals i think as good as any other of those award-winning scripts out there um it starts in the very beginning uh with the reveal of the spaceship you pan down there's earth there's a spaceship then you go you're looking over the ocean here comes a helicopter you've got that great music going now you're revealing these guys and we're going to talk about the guys a little bit in a minute. But let me ask you this about the guys, Faith. The first shot, the reveal. Mm-hmm. How badass do they look when they get off that helicopter? Oh, they're badass. <laughs> and they don't say a word. Nope. They just... They don't have to. They don't have to. <laughs> Did you notice when we were watching it, and I, I noticed this, uh, that they're all dressed. They have very... Uh, individual styles of dress yep i noticed that bill duke has the suit on jesse has the mtv shirt on Mm -hmm. um they're all individuals and again we're going to get into this with with the script this movie does so many things well so you've got the reveal of the guys then you have a big reveal arnold sees carl weathers in the place he's sitting in that cantina and I think this is a pretty important thing because this this hit me when we were watching it this time. He doesn't see him. Arnold doesn't see the creature. Mm-hmm. So the reveals there. Um, it also reveals itself in other ways. The film itself reveals itself because it's three movies in one. You've got military men on a mission. Then you've got a pretty straightforward horror film then it kind of turns into a rocky rocky yes. film by the way of uh, of of rambo yeah so um and it's again it's such a simple idea and it never it never wavers from that idea now mm-hmm. we're talking about the reveals but there's one thing that it 
never reveals. It reveals the creature's abilities. It reveals what it can do, what it can't do, uh, weaponry. But it never reveals what it is. Mm-mm. We have no story of him. We don't need it. We don't need it. I know. I was going to say that. We don't need it. We don't need it. You don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be there. That's so. the whole thing with the script, too. Like, you don't need to overdo it in this movie. Everybody says what they need to say, and it's to the point. It's exactly to it's the point. It's to the point. It's exactly to the point. I was I was going to save this for after we talk about the guy at the center of this, but let's go ahead since since you brought it up. Let's talk about it now. The scene and the helicopter, and we were talking about music with this film. Mm-hmm. There's a great musicality to the whole thing. There's the score. There's also the use of Wong Toss Alley, mm-hmm. which has become kind of synonymous with Predator and that scene in particular. So in the span of, I want to say, three minutes, uh, span of Little Richard changing the world with rock and roll, three minutes, we meet his team, and we see them in the helicopter. Everybody gets something to do Mm -hmm. in that scene. And did you get the idea not only of who these guys were, but how they functioned together Mm -hmm. as a group, the relationships? And yeah, I felt that every single one of them in there was needed. Every every guy serves they, a purpose. Yeah. And they have scenes with each other, and you see them, you hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a great Star Trek episode, one of the most famous, probably, uh, it's always in the top five uh, favorites, mm-hmm. uh, The Trouble with Tribbles. And one of the great things about that show that my friend, our great friend Cade, uh, has brought up, uh, he's going to be on the show soon, uh, has brought up is that everybody on the Enterprise in the Trouble with Tribbles has something to do. Everybody in Predator has something to do. So, and that's writing. That's writing one on one. Nobody is superfluous. Everyone has a function in the story. But you see how how they function in the group. But you're hanging out with them. And my mother is a huge fan of the John Wayne movie, Rio Bravo. Quentin Tarantino has called it the great hangout movie of all time. And this reminds me of a very shortened Rio Bravo. You are just hanging out with these guys. You get to know them before they get thrown in the hell. But the great thing about getting to know them is you care about them. Mm-hmm. You care about what happens to them when they get into that jungle. Yeah. Now, let's get to it. Let's get to the guy <laughs> at the center of this movie. The leader of these guys. You all know who he is. Probably half of you can spell his name. (laughs) Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia, governor of California, married to Kennedy. You all know who we're talking about. The icon, Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is an interesting uh, time for Arnold because Arnold had really become a movie star with Conan the Barbarian in 82. Uh, The Terminator really launched him. Twins is the one that really catapulted him. That was a huge hit. This is right before twins. So he's, he's a household name, but he is on the brink of just absolute world domination at the movie box office. But let's talk about Arnold. There are certain actors. We mentioned John Wayne with Rio Bravo. John Wayne always plays John Wayne Mm -hmm. or variation thereof. Clint Eastwood always plays Clint Eastwood. There's variations. Arnold always plays Arnold. 
or a variation of Arnold. Um, so let's talk about him. He's quite the personality. Faith? Yeah, he this, is. Your, 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 <laughs> personal, your personal opinion here. Is he a good actor? I, I would think he is. Because, I mean, every movie I've seen him in, at least, I feel like I believe his role. So, I mean, I feel like it, it, that makes him a good actor. I, I, I think he has presence. I think yeah. he has real presence. And not all great actors have presence the way that he does but it's he reminds me of a guy like like neil young uh the singer neil young Mm -hmm. who neil young has does neil young and his box is his box and he does not stray from that when he sings as a vocalist and i think arnold knows what his range is as an actor and he does not he does not try to push those bounds he has fun within those bounds uh, but I, I I don't know if he's a good actor. I, I can't judge that, but I, he sure has presence. And uh, But I will say this. In the year 1991, when Terminator 2 came out, I don't think anybody gave a better performance than he did as the Terminator in that film. So make of that what you will. <laughs> um, he, he's had a lot of success in science fiction movies. Uh, we just mentioned them, Terminator, mm-hmm. Predator. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting one right now, but why do you think he he's had great success in science fiction? I feel like he probably feels like he fits in good in science fiction movies, like you just said. I mean, he has a box that <laughs> he has a box, and the tongue-in-cheek aspect I think that he can bring to things yeah. I think kind of lightens some of the science fiction stuff. And Bruce Willis is another guy who's had some great success in, in science fiction and in those kind of genre movies. And um, I, I really kind of think of Arnold as being the successor to Sean Connery. And if you go back and you watch Sean Connery in Thunderball playing James Bond, and there's this great scene where he shoots a guy with a spear and says, I think I got the point. <laughs> Okay, Arnold throws a knife at the guy in this movie. He'll stick around, <laughs> you know. So um, I think Connery helped invent the action movie one-liner. I think Arnold really perfected it. Um, and you see that in a lot of his movies. Commando, uh, one of the movies he made before this, is full of that. And that's kind of where the Arnold persona comes for. But I think what's really interesting in this performance here and he is performing he is not he didn't just just show up um he's not just phoning it in um is that he plays it serious Mm -hmm. and i think it adds an element of danger to what's going on and he doesn't have the answers and to see a big guy like that who you're used to seeing take care of Mm -hmm. things and have a handle on things and he doesn't he doesn't have answers. And it just hit me when I was saying that. You know what you see in him in this movie? What? Fear. Yeah. He's scared. He's That's a good point. Yeah. He is scared. So I don't know if he's a great actor, but I sure did. I sure did feel what he was feeling. Me too. So, um, so let's talk about uh, one of the other actors in this movie, Coral Weathers, who I think might be the best actor out of the bunch and yeah he plays dylan who i think is the real villain yeah i think so too and i don't think it's a mistake that dylan 
rhymes with villain. Nope. So, Faith, do you think that Dylan is the real antagonist yeah, of the piece? I think so. Um, I think he's absolutely slithery yeah. in this movie. None of this happens without Carl Weathers. Nope. <laughs> and, but let me ask you this. Do you like him? I do. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one of your favorites, he right? He's, he's, he's not a very nice guy, but no. he is one of your favorites. And I mean, without him, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the same. Mm-hmm. And just like the Predator, Arnold can't see what he really is. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one other thing before we uh, take a break from this. Uh, John McTiernan, the director, as we said, he directed Die Hard the next year. And let me ask you, did you get the vibe from Predator that you do from Die Hard that don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, I feel like these two movies are like Rubber Soul and Revolver by the Beatles. They're like, you know, an, a volume one and a volume two. Mm-hmm. He does a really great job in this movie. And, on, and what I love about it is when they get into the jungle. And those long shots Mm -hmm. and they take their time with the editing. And we were talking about modern movies and modern movies just seem to cut, 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 cut. They do. Yeah. And you always know where, where people are. You always know, uh, where things are situated in the action. And I love that in this movie, those long shots. though, when they get into the jungle after long toss Sally and it gets very quiet Mm -hmm. and mysterious and the tension, you're just on edge with the tension. Um, but it feels like you're watching these guys, like it, you're the it does. predator. Yeah, no. That's but one of then, my favorite parts of, yeah. of that. And then, but it also feels like you're one of them, like you're on this journey with them. And I, I think that he did just a wonderful job with this. And um, the Dylan death, the Coral Weathers death scene, I think is is the best. Yeah, I think so. Bit <laughs> bit of filmmaking. In the movie, and there's a great um, there's a great YouTube video online. Uh, you guys need to go check it out. And he really breaks down what's going on there, but with the use of the slow mo and the way that he he tilts the camera, and it just really kind of throws you off. And uh, it's a really exciting piece. But go ch- go check that out. And uh, one final question before we go to break: third act. And this is where everything kind of gets tied together. The last thirty minutes of the movie. Did it feel like a silent film? Yeah, a little bit. Do you think so? I think it definitely was a silent <laughs> film. He, Anything that he said in that bit uh, is superfluous. There's When it's Arnold by himself, that movie becomes a silent film. And I've said this for many years, that tension and the way that you, you know, film is the only medium where you can use cuts. And... It's a lot different from the stage, and this movie is one of the reasons why we go see movies. Yeah. This is, is again, I, I hope I'm not overstating it. I think this is a masterpiece of storytelling. I, agree I love it. I adore this. I'm not on the fence. There's no fence. I'm with not it. either. There's no <laughs> fence. So, well, it looks like the phone lines are lighting up. Faith, yeah, do you want to take? I, I think I do. <laughs> do you, we have we have not had good luck nah. with the phone calls <laughs> over the past few weeks, but uh, you I'm, want, hes- I'm hesitant, but let's go for it. You want to roll the dice? Let's do it. You want to go into the jungle? Let's go. For let's it. see what's out there for us. All right, here we go. 
You are on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio with the late night fright. Hi, it's your old Uncle Fred. How's it going? Uncle Fred? You mean Freddy Krueger? Yeah, that's right. Freddy Krueger. Hey, I got a new show on WKMF. Well, that's that's amazing. Now, we want to... We want to make a point here that you are the actual Fred Krueger that the character was based on. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm nothing like that guy in the movies. <laughs> they, they did me a great disservice. So, so Fred, what exactly? So you're hosting the show. Yeah, I'm hosting the show. So what about Kruger Corps? Tell me about it. Yeah, well, Kruger Corps is doing really great for us. And, and Faith, I want to thank you for selling the Kruger Care Skin Cream. <laughs> it's, it's good for sunburn and the fire of angry parents. It's been a real barn burner for me. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you, kid. Times have been tough. Times have been... Well, Fred, Fred, Uncle Fred, tell us, tell us what happened. Well, I don't know if you remember, but probably about 10 years ago, the economy really went into the pooper. And... Well, people lost their dreams. People stopped dreaming. And for a guy like me, well, I got a pink slip. I lost my job as a dream demon because nobody was dreaming. <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I ended up getting a job as a masseuse. That didn't work out. Uh, there were some accidents with the glove. Uh, my good buddy Jason, he got me a job working at a zoo, and, uh, they, they had me working with balloon animals. That didn't work out too well either, as you can imagine. Pop, 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 you know, it was a bitch. But, um, anyway, but then, you know, uh, Wells James came to me with this, you know, Kruger Care Skin Cream, and they came at me with the Kruger Core Exercise video, and I've been on a comeback recently. It's been amazing. And, uh, well, now I've got the show on WKMF, and I'm going to be rapping with the teenagers, helping them you know, solve their problems. <laughs> now, uh, as, as we said, you are not, you are the real Fred Kruger. You are not the guy. Faith, do you, do you want to go ahead and ask him? You're not Robert England, right? No, I'm not Robert England. He played me in the movie. I'm aware of his work. He, he did me a real disservice. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just I just wanted to call and let you kids know you're you're doing a great job. You're making your old Uncle Fred proud. And uh, Faith, are you still scared of the dark? Just a little bit. And uh, I know where we stand on that cake ball situation, but I really don't want that bastard anyone coming into town, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no cake balls without Robert England. Happy Reticulon Transcendence Day, kids. I hope you have a good one. And listen to your old Uncle Fred on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. My show is the stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> Sweet dreams, you kids. Good night, bitch. I think I think that's a good place to take a break, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, I do you think we're in for another weird night? I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, well, he seems to be in good spirits. He yeah. is a spirit. Yeah. <laughs> we will be back. I am Dan. This is Faith. You are listening to the Late Night Fright on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We will see you on the other side. Mm-hmm.
Hey, it's your old Uncle Fred. WKMF and Cozy Corner gave me my own call-in show. I'm going to be rapping with the teenagers, talking about their problems, helping them fix them. Um, I just don't feel that I want to understand things. You should kill yourself. I'll help. <laughs> Join me, Uncle Fred, for Sweet Dreams, only on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. <laughs> hey, Faith. Yeah? What did the alien say to the Coca-Cola? I don't know what. Take me to your liter. Boo. We'll be right back. This is Jeff Fanghorn with your WKMF Cozy Corner News Update. Authorities are still searching for Greg Huffleplank, better known as Lothar, for his involvement in the recent zombie apocalypse that swept through Cozy Corner. They would also like to ask him about last week's raising of the spirit of Flatulus. It's Reticulon Transcendence Week here in Cozy Corner, and sales of aluminum foil have been through the roof. Thanks to efforts from Bobby, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. Billy Joel will be honored with the prestigious James Conn Award. Here with the official announcement from the Cozy Corner Italian American Society is Anthony Agnabeni. This is Anthony Agnabeni, president of Local 21. Chairman of the Cozy Corner Italian American Association. We're proud this year to present the James Conn Award to William Joel. The James Conn Award goes to non-Italians who should be Italian. Mama T and Nanny Friend been making lasagna and fig cookies. And Mob Comics gonna be here. You got it made, baby. Somebody say made? Well, the Welsh Jennings Corporation is coming to Cozy Corner. They're set to break ground on their new facility soon, but no one seems to know what they do. I recently sat down for an in-depth interview with company spokesperson Michael Kane. It is set to air on Sunday, but here is a preview. What exactly is it that the Welsh Jennings Corporation does, Michael Kane? Now, don't be asking me that. What exactly is it that you do? No. Who are they and what do they do? Well, I'll tell you who they are. They're the company that backed a truckload of money up to my house and told me to be in their commercials. Now, first I told them to stuff it. I said, you need Bob Hoskins for this, but they told me Bob's dead. So I'm doing the commercial. That interview airs Sunday. Now back to the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Late Night Fright on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my lovely co-host, everyone's favorite barista, the owner of the Cozy Cafe, Faith. Do you want to say hi Faith again? Hi Faith. Hi Faith. Hi. So we are going to get back into the discussion about Predator in just a minute, but it is Reticulon Transcendence Week here in Cozy Corner. And we have with us a very special guest. He is out in the Cozy Corner Town Square. He is our science editor. He is the inventor of the murder bot available at the Dark Depository. Dr. Palladium, 
Dr. Palladium, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I can I can hear you good, Dan. Hello, how are you? I'm I'm doing very good, Dr. Palladium. Yes, it's very nice to be with you tonight. Faith, it is very nice to be with you as well. Nice to be with you too. So I am reporting live from the Cozy Corner Town Square. There is a gathering. It has been prophesied that the Reticulans would come on this day to this town and we would all transcend. Yes, transcend. <laughs> Little do they know that I will transcend more than the rest of them. Dr. Palladium. Oh, yes. You're, you're on the air. Oh, I thought I was thinking that. <laughs> Would you like to know what it is I see out here? Yeah, tell us what you see. I see a great unwashed mass of humanity. Yes, sheeple looking to the sky. And I will tell you this, we are getting quite a light show. I believe they are getting close. Yes. I also see a little bit of lightning. Yes, lightning. <laughs> Well, you will keep us posted on the progress. Yes, I will keep you posted on what goes on out here. When I assume absolute power, when they give me transcendence. Dr. Palladium? Yes? We can hear what you're saying. Um, sorry, I did not mean any of that. Note to self, take out Dan and Faith. We're, we're just, I'm going to pretend that. I didn't hear yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Dr. Palladium, get back to us when you have something to report. Yes, it'll be my pleasure. <laughs> it never, it never, mm. it, it's never dull around here. Maybe we, we should get rid of our phone. <laughs> we, we have a narcissistic <laughs> doctor intent on gaining the transcendent power of the reticulons and i think he might be sending his murder bot after us <sighs> never God. a dull moment nope. in cozy corner yet we are still <laughs> only number three <laughs> on the strangest cities in america so we are back let's let's finish up this discussion about predator okay. and let's talk about the predator the creature the creature the booger at the center of this thing yes. Faith, general impressions about the Predator. Oh, he's incredible. He is he's incredible. Everything about him. I don't know if you noticed, just the way he moves around. Do not you, being even, not even, well, even being invisible. Just he has this movement about him that's kind of creepy. Do you know what, uh, uh, let me, let me tell this, I'm going to give the listeners an insight into me. I was, and this is going to let you know how old I am. I was eight years old when this movie came out, and I was probably nine or ten when I saw it for the first time. I'm going to let you do the math out there. I'm 40. Oh, man. But uh, <laughs> this movie, as a child, scared me to death. That creature really scared me to death. I had a, I had a hard time with it, probably because you couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't have that problem anymore. But watching the movie this time, do you know what really creeps me out is that shot of him running away when mm -hmm. you see him 
pouncing through the woods and you that's can, exactly the, the part of the year my head it, is just so creepy it is there is something really just unsettling <laughs> unsettling not nice about that Mm-mm. creature um let's talk about the design the design i think is flawless i do too it just it, there is I, I think it might be it's i think it's definitely the best monster out of the 80s and i think it's yeah. it's hall of fame it's you know we have our mount rushmore of slashers we might have to start putting together our mount rushmore of creatures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're gonna figure that out and listeners if you have any ideas on that please feel free to let us know we are listening but i love the look of the creature i love the way that it's revealed throughout the movie i like that you never figure out who it is Mm -hmm. what it is you have to put it together yourself that Mm -hmm. this thing is is a hunter and it's and it's on a it's on a trophy hunt and i think my favorite part too about him is how we get to view the victims if you will kind of through his eyes instead Mm -hmm. of just seeing him move around and Mm -hmm. killing them that goes i i really think that goes to just how they chose to reveal it Mm -hmm. they did not reveal too much and if you really think about it that creature is not in the film very much Mm -hmm. and this this is in line with great monsters though great creatures darth vader is not in star wars Mm -hmm. a lot no Fred Krueger is not in the original Elm Street a whole lot, and uh, the Predator is not in Predator quite a bit, but screenwriting 101, it definitely makes his appearances all the more effective. So, exactly. again, as I said at the top of this, I think this is a masterpiece in storytelling. I think that the alien look itself is a masterpiece. Uh, this movie is, uh, again, I mentioned my good friend, Cade when I'm when I talked about Star Trek we we have discussions about well you know there's no perfect movie this movie is pretty close for me yeah when we were watching him now the one thing that I think you could maybe take a point off for is when he says uh, to the girl no don't pick up the gun because he won't kill you if you're unarmed well then that begs the question well why didn't he drop his gun and, I, and I, just walk I, I out of the, the same jungle thing but I do have a thought on that and my thought on that is that he's not sure. He's really not sure. And so possibly then at that point, his job is to kill that thing because that thing does not need to get out from the jungle. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's not sure. So um, I, agree. I don't know. But you know what? You could take a point off for that. But you know what? I'm not going to. No. Predator is a perfect movie. It really is. We've, we found it. It is the <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> It is the unicorn. Um, we've been having this discussion about the 1987 film Predator. Uh, please send us your thoughts. Go to LateNightFright.com. That is the official website of this little show that we have here on WKMF and Cozy Corner. Uh, send us your thoughts. Is Predator the perfect movie? Is it not perfect? Let us know. We won't know. Unless you get in touch with us. And we do want to hear from you. And if you're lucky, we might just read your letter on the air. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, is it, do you have anything you want to add before we start wrapping up? Predator, any just general thoughts? I think we've covered everything. Basically, like we said, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> do, you, do you just want to say it one more time? How much you love this movie? I love this movie. I love yeah. this movie. Uh... 
All right. So I have, I have one final thought. There, there seems to be a sense of honor to the Predator. Yeah. He uh, realized Arnold was worthy, and he chose to fight it hand-to-hand, which makes it even more scarier. <laughs> so. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. So uh, as you – hopefully you've listened to our first two episodes. What we like to do is uh, – what we've discovered we like to do is when we wrap up a movie, we talk about our favorites. So, Faith – your favorite kill in the movie? I think I think Blaine's my favorite kill. The Blaine death is very good. And I think it's kind of all of a sudden and just kind yes. of hits you. It's like, oh, okay. Yes, and I think there's a rhyme and reason to the way that he takes those guys out. And he takes, I think he takes the radio guy out first. So, because I think uh, Hawkins is the radio guy, but Blaine he takes out. And if you notice, he doesn't want to go... Uh, hand to hand with Blaine. He <laughs> stuns him and then he then he shoots him from afar. So that's a great one. You know, I was we were talking about this before. Um it's hard for me to pick just one. And uh, I seem to be saying this a lot tonight. <laughs> I'm going to go with all of them. That's but a good answer. I do think that the best uh the best shot death is, is the is Dylan is the Dylan death. Um No, you know what? There's no fence with this movie. I am I am not going to sit on the fence. I am actually going to say the Predator taking out the Predator <laughs> is going to be my favorite kill in the movie. The Predator killing itself. Bet y'all didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, your favorite team member. I have a toss-up. Go for between it. Between Mac. Mm. And I really like Billy for some reason. I like them all, but I don't know why those two kind of, like if we're not going to pick main people. Mm-hmm. I like Billy and Mac. I uh, I like uh, is it is it Hawkins? Is that the yeah. one I'm think, thinking of? Uh, no, Hawkins is Shane Black. Uh, the guy uh, who got it's escaping with him gets hit Poncho? with the log. Poncho. I Poncho yeah. just seems like a very steady guy. Yeah. Like he's the guy. I like them all. It's kind of hard to choose. It's, That's it's why I was like, I, it's, I have so it's many. hard to pick one. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's just get on the fence. All of them, all of them. Uh, let's see. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Yeah, it's when he's covered in mud, taking on, <laughs> taking on the predator. When uh, now when he first gets covered in the mud, or when he the when whole he whole ending, the whole, the silent movie <laughs> yes. that that is tagged on to the end of That's this film. My, just I don't know. I. I really like the scene where Anna tells the story of her village and when it gets hot. And I think in a movie full of just horrifying moments that that sends shivers down, down your spine. And, um, it definitely reminds me of, we talked about it last, we talked about Elm street last week, the scene in the 84 Elm street where the mom tells the story of Fred Krueger. And in that, and in that movie, there's so much horrific imagery and bad things that happen, and a story is possibly the scariest thing in that movie. And in this one, it sends shivers yeah. down my spine. And Arnold's reaction to that is wonderful when he looks at her with those big eyes mm-hmm. and, and he knows that, you know, something's up. Um, all right, we've been waiting for this one. <laughs> we've been waiting for this one. Favorite line. Predator. I think we have the same one. Go ahead and tell them. Well, since we are on the public radio, mm-hmm. and we we you know we are sensitive here at 
the late night fright. But um, I uh, I would pick, and this is more so just for the delivery <laughs> of it than anything, uh, is Jesse Ventura as Blaine on the helicopter with his tobacco when he calls him slack-jawed. <laughs> and the whole sexual Tyrannosaurus bit. Be a sexual Tyrannosaurus, just like me. <laughs> that bit, but... This movie is so quotable, though. There's so many great lines in this movie. And, fun fact, Arnold's, I think uh, Arnold's favorite line of his is in this movie. And would you would you like to do it? I'm not going to do it like Arnold. Would you, would you like just... to give it a try? No. Oh, come on. You got to <laughs> do it. Tell you what, if I do it, will you do it? Sure. All right, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. I, like, I, I can't do it. I like get, I like get to the chopper. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I really like... Uh, <laughs> I'm also a big fan of, come on, do it. Do it now, kill me. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Um, I have a few other ones. If others, it bleeds, we can kill it. I can't say them on the radio. Yeah, if it bleeds, we can kill it is a great line. Uh, Mac has some great lines in the movie, too. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Over here. Yeah, like, I just like his presence. Uh, his, his, <laughs> his whole presence. You and me, bro, out there. Mm, 30 men. Yeah. <laughs> that music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know. So should I should I just go, you know, bat a thousand? Just go all of them. All of them. All of them. Just and of every them. one of those guys has a great line. Oh, like yeah, Billy do. has the "We're all gonna die out here." You know? Yeah, because I've seen movies where you're like, that character's not needed. Their lines not really important. They're all important. They're all needed. They are all all important. Even even Anna, you yeah. know, who becomes more than just a tag along more mm-hmm. than a prisoner she becomes a part of that group exactly. and uh everybody uh favorite moment uh i just want to add that you know the arm wrestle heard around the world we've gone through this entire movie without really talking about the arm wrestle match and it's just amazing <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> ghosts and goblins we're going with ghosts and goblins right All let's right, go with ghosts and goblins fine with me ghosts and goblins just watch Predator. Just, just, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. So, uh, one final question: Do you think there's an underlying message to Predator? Because one of my favorite things when I talk about the movie is, what is this movie really about? Most movies are really, you know, there's something, some, some idea at the center of it. So, do you think that there's a bigger idea at at work in Predator? I'm sure there is. I mean, what do you think? Um, you know, I actually thought about this quite a bit uh you know this is in 80 it was written in 85 so these guys you know were familiar with vietnam you know they mentioned vietnam in this movie so mm-hmm. you know i think you it could be an allegory for vietnam with uh you know fighting the Viet Cong. i think you could make that case pretty legitimately yeah. that it's, it's about u.s military involvement in areas maybe we don't need to be getting involved in you know it could be a treatise on U.S. foreign policy, I think, especially at that time, because uh, there were a lot of operations going on in Central and South America. Or it could just be that when you come across an uh, alien that can sense your heat, you need to wear mud. Wear the mud. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a case could be made that it is one, if not all of those things, deeper things I just mentioned, but it's also just one hell of a fun romp. It sure is. <laughs> and I think uh, at the end of the day, it's an entertaining, fun romp. And uh, as we always do here at the Late Night Fright Faith, I already know the answer to this, but this is this is the show. Did you have a good time watching Predator? I 
absolutely. <laughs> I had a great time watching Predator. There's some sequels, but you know what? For me, it's it's that movie yeah. right there. It's, I don't it's think I've, I've never seen the sequels. And don't worry don't about ca- it. I don't care to. <laughs> don't worry about it. Hold this movie in your heart. Take it with you wherever you go. And get to the chopper. <laughs> I actually do have a question for you. Yes. If, if you mm-hmm. were a team member, who would you be? If if I were an actor, one of, no, one of them. One, who who would you? Which one do I think is think is closest to me? That is a really good question. You know, I would like to think I would be a dependable guy, like Poncho. I would like to think I would be the funny guy, like uh, Hawkins. Uh, I'd like to think I would be the ultimate badass, <laughs> like Blaine. But I think when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I think I'm probably most like Mac. Uh, because I have a I have a great friend like that, you know that that friendship with Blaine and in the feeling. So uh, I I and if Dylan ghosted me, I just bleed him out. That's <laughs> what about you? Let me throw that back at you. That's a good question. Um, Bet you didn't see that coming. No, I did not. Just like Arnold didn't <laughs> see the predator coming. <laughs> That's me. I'm Arnold. No. <laughs> I'm you can, Dutch. <laughs> you can you can be Dutch. You can be Dutch. I'll t- I'll take over. Every, and not every, know what's even happening. Everybody everybody <laughs> thinks everybody wants to be Arnold, right? Yeah, you know, it's kind of exactly. like everybody wants to be Luke Skywalker. Everybody wants to be Han Solo, but in reality, everybody <laughs> is Luke Skywalker. So, who but would, uh, who would you think I I would be if you were on the team? Yeah. Um, I could. I definitely. I will go with you. I think you would have. You have that. Uh, that kind of ability to plan. I think you. You. Uh, very organized. So I I will go with you on on the Dutch. Oh, yeah. I will go with you on the Dutch, and I will be Mac because I have a bald head. So uh, if in case you couldn't tell, we've had a really great time talking about Predator. It's because it's a really great movie, really and you should watch this movie, and you should write to us about it and visit us at www.latenightfright.com. This is the radio show, but we are on all of your favorite streaming services all of them we're not even going to name them you know what it is you You have a favorite so go to it yeah we're on it we're on it and uh and let me let me tell you this uh if you like our little show here if you like what we do the best thing you can do for us we're not going to ask you for any money see we're getting we're getting a we're getting a cut of the money from wkmf yeah it's not much but it's enough. But we're not going to charge you for content. The best thing you can do is to go to those streaming services, subscribe to the show, give us a review, give us a good review, uh, give us a rating, do all those things. And we promise we are going to keep this show free. This is a free show. This show isn't going to cost you anything. What is going to cost you is that couple of bucks you spend when you go out and either rent or buy Predator. <laughs> you need to go do that. We're not getting any money off of this, off of this no. recommendation. You just need to go and watch that movie. And by the way, since I made the, uh, I did a shout out to our pal Wendy Parker mm-hmm. over in London, England. She posted a picture the other day on her Instagram of a Predator t-shirt that she has that says, if it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? So to our good friend, Wendy, we love your shirt. To our listeners out there, we love you. We appreciate you. And 
www.latenightfright.com. We have some fun stuff on there. And also, we're going to be selling some merchandise soon. So be on the lookout for that. But Faith, we have been talking about him all night. And he was supposed to be here. I see that. And he has not (laughs) shown up. So what I think we need to do right now is we need to put a good uh, call in to our good friend Bobby. Yeah. Because Bobby... Well, we know Bobby has some interesting luck. Bobby has had a a bad run of luck recently. He didn't get to do his show when the zombies attacked. Um, He was in the town square when Flatulus showed up. He's had a bad run of luck. Now, WKMF, because he's had such a bad run of luck, (laughs) they told Bobby that he could show for Arnold Schwarzenegger around Cozy Corner because Arnold came in for the show at the King's Palace Drive-In Theater, which is going out of business to make way for that Welsh Jennings facility. No one quite knows what it is they do. But they did back a truckload of that wonky belly up here. They they set us up with that, and we're thankful for that. But uh, So we don't exactly know what they do. But anyway, uh, so Arnold came in for the show on a Predator, and – WKMF asked Bobby if he wanted to show Arnold around town, and he jumped at that. And uh, But we should probably check on him. We should check on him. Yeah. And also, as an added bonus, do you know who Arnold brought with him? Tell me. Carl Weathers. Ooh. He brought Carl Weathers yeah. with him. So those two have been – so this trio has just been around. <laughs> and, um, you know, I meant to say this at the top of the show. Uh, this is kind of our tradition with the show. We eat at Hooters before – before we do the show, Cozy Corner has a Hooters, and you would think that would be my idea to go to the Hooters, but <laughs> Faith, in full disclosure, whose idea is it to go to the Hooters? Oh, it's mine. It's and she loves the I, wings. I, I drag them there. She loves them. I don't mind going there, but uh, <laughs> and uh, we just want you to know that Bobby, we love him, but he has a reserved booth there. He has a reserved booth, and since he has been out with Arnold and Carl uh, the past couple of days, he let us. When he's not there, well, actually, when he's there, we can sit in his booth. But he, he lets us use his booth when he's not there, and uh, so we had a we had a great meal. But we need to get them on the phone. We need yeah, to see we what's, really do. So what's going on? Because I'm I, yeah, I was promised an interview. So let's uh let's give him a call. Yeah, let's go for it. <coughs> All right, hold on, it's ringing. It's ringing. Yeah, hello. Hey, Bobby, how's it going? Yeah, uh, not so good at the moment. Uh, I'm down here at uh, Ivan the Terribles and uh, Polly Walnuts is playing. And uh, I, you know, uh, Billy Joel actually showed up. He's on stage with him right now. And let me tell you guys something. Arnold and Carl are drunk. They are hammered out of their minds. And these are big dudes. So you know how much they drink. That is that is unreal. Um, do you think that you're going to be able to get him to the studio? Oh, I don't know. I don't know because, you know, Carl, he got really drunk. Carl got up on stage and he sang Uptown Girl with Billy like he wrote it. And Arnold, he got up and sang Just The Way You Are. And I don't know if you ever heard Just The Way You Are, song in Austrian accent, but... 
it was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, he's coming at me. Oh, oh, he's taking a phone. Oh, how's it going? It's very good to talk to you. Hey, Arnold, how's it going? Hello, Faith. I am very sorry. I have not been into Cozy Cafe yet, but I am very drunk, and so is Carlos. Apollo Creed is passed out, but do you want to know what he did before he passed out? What'd he do? He got really drunk and he called Sylvester Stallone asking for a rematch. He thinks he is Apollo Creed. <laughs> oh, boy. That is, that is amazing. Arnold, do you uh, think that you're going to be able to come in? You know, you told us you were going to come in and give us an interview. Uh, what are you talking about again? We were talking about your movie Predator. The Predator senses the heat. A lot of people don't know this, but that movie is actually a documentary. I was just walking through the jungle and I fought an alien. The Predator senses the heat. Wow. Bobby? Yeah, you, you guys see what I've been putting up with? I mean... Two weeks ago, it was the zombies. Last week, it was flatulence. And this week, it's a couple of meatheads. I cannot believe that this is happening to me again. Don't go changing to try and please me. Do you guys see what I am putting up with here? This is terrible. Faith, do you, do you want him? I still kind of want to meet him. I still do too. Bobby, look, no pressure, man. But if you can get him into the seat, into the studio here, that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, all right, no pressure. That's easy for you to say. Well, uh, listen, guys, I got hey, 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 get off of that piano, man. Just because you a champion bodybuilder, don't mean you own the place. Listen, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Wow, that was okay. Um, hmm. Well, I, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, we're getting, we're getting a phone call though. Look at that, Faith. Do you? Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's I have a feeling phone. that tonight's gonna be all right. I have a feel, a good feeling about it. All right, here we go. WKMF, you are on the late night fright with Dan and Faith. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey there, baby. This is the king. I think you know who I am. Elvis? That's my name, Mama. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just want you kids to know I love your show. I love everything that you do, Faith. I love what you bring to this show, Dan. I like your insights. I like your wit. Elvis, this is uh, this is indeed a treat. Where are you calling from at the moment? Listen, baby, I'm coming in hot from Pluto. I am going very fast. I am driving the spaceship that's coming in. That reticulon transcendence thing, man, is all me. I gave that guy, what was his name, Boom Cheesy. I gave him that message that I was coming back, and I hope you guys deciphered it, but I want me one of them peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Faith, do you think you can hook me up with that? Oh, absolutely. Awesome, and I know that you're not going to have any cake balls, but that's all right. I'm going to see what I can do about that Robert England situation. But I'm going to tell you all right now, we are coming in really hot, but you know what? That's all right, Mama. That's all right. I just wanted to give you all a little heads up. I got a hunk of hunk of burning love with me. I'm coming in very fast, very hot. 
I'll see y'all in a little bit, Cozy Corner. Thank you very much. Wow. So, apparently, he didn't die. Apparently not. He left the planet. <laughs> Elvis has left the planet. Elvis left the planet, but he's coming back. It's a good place to take a break, don't you think? Yep. I am Dan. I'm Faith. This is the Late Night Fright. We'll see you on the other side. This is Antoine Dupuis, Psychic. Happy to announce my new show on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Fortune telling for dummies, based on my new book, you can call in and I will tell you your future. Here's a preview. Um, so I just like really want to know, like, am I gonna die? Seriously, am I gonna die? Yes. Join me, Antoine Duplass, here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio for fortune telling for dummies. I tell you I'll see you there, but I already know I will. Antoine will play out. Jesse Ventura for Long Tall Sally Tobacco. Chew it and be a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Available in Uncle John and Aunt Mary flavors. Long Tall Sally Tobacco. Don't be slack-jawed. Have some fun tonight. Hey, Faith. What are we going to be watching next week at the King's Palace Drive-In Theater? What Lies Beneath. The one with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah. He's going to try to kill his wife. We'll be right back. This is Todd Wick, former Hells Angel, ordained minister, and owner of Holy Smoke, Cozy Corner's premier Christian vape shop. Join me every Sunday at 7 a.m. right here on WKMF as we discuss the latest in vape juices and salvation. Tell them what we've got this week, Shasta. That's my wife. We got buffalo chicken vape juice in Proverbs 16.13. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Now you're vaping, brother. Holy smoke. Every Sunday at 7 a.m. Only on WKMF. Cozy Corner. Public Radio. Buffalo chicken vape juice sounds disgusting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am Dan. And I'm Faith. And this is the Late Night Fright. We are about to premiere some new music for you but first we want to go back out to the town square where dr palladium is for reticulon transcendence day dr palladium are you there can you hear us yes i can hear you the great unwashed masses are all out looking to the heavens looking to the skies looking to the lightning <laughs> you're terrifying so what is happening out there? We are waiting, waiting for the reticulants to come back and help us transcend. And I will have the ultimate power. Yeah, about that, Faith, do you 
want to tell him what's actually happening. Yeah, that Elvis is going to land. Yeah, mm-hmm. you uh, you didn't decipher the message correctly. It Elvis was actually putting it in order for a peanut butter banana sandwich. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, the best we can figure is that Elvis is driving a spaceship. He was at what, Pluto? Mm-hmm. He was at Pluto. Pluto, so he's probably close to Uranus right now. <laughs> That is not funny. <laughs> Elvis, he left the planet. Now he's coming back for a sandwich. Well, he will have me to deal with. Yeah, we're uh, we're just gonna let you do sort it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he should be here soon. So, uh, you know, Doc, if I were you, I would probably go get that sandwich ready for him. Oh, I will have something ready for him. <laughs> yeah. Faith, how did how did we end up with him? I have no idea. He just he just kind of showed up mm-hmm. one day. Well, speaking of just showing up, weird gal usually her tapes just show up, mm-hmm, yeah. and um, well, she said that she's kind of I don't want to say a creative drought. I don't think that was the phrase she used, but she uh, she said she just needed needed a little little time off. She said that the creative juices, you know, she just needed a, a recharge. But she is a great friend to other artists, and the band Polly Walnuts that plays over at Ivan the Terrible, they're one of Bobby's favorite bands. Bobby mm-hmm. loves this band. Well, she recorded them. She produced a track for them, and uh, we're going to premiere it here, and. This track by Polly Walnuts is called Bob Falfa. Bob Falfa. Faith, do you know who Bob Falfa is? From American Graffiti? Yes. Harrison yeah. Ford's character from American Graffiti. And I can only imagine right now what Harrison would say <laughs> if he knew that there was a track named after him. Do you, do you want to know what I think he would say? What? I think he would say, well, you know. Well, I think he was great in that movie. Me too. I do too. So (laughs) without any further ado, here is an exclusive to the Late Night Fright, Cozy Corner's own Paulie Walnuts with Bob Falfa. We'll see you on the other side.
This is Bobby, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. If you are getting it on, thinking about getting it on, or perhaps have just gotten it on, then Afterglow is the show for you. Join me as I play the best classic soul and R&B slow jams. My show is responsible for having made more babies than any show in the history of shows. Fact. My show is also responsible for having played the 1972 Tower Power Classic, Still a Young Man, more than any show in the history of shows. Fact. Come get it on with me, Bobby, every Friday night after the late night fright. Afterglow. Love that, Bobby. Yeah, I know. WKMF cannot verify the validity of any claims made by Bobby, but we do urge you to listen to his show. to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I'm Faith. And we are so glad to have you here. We know that you have a lot of options for what you listen to, and we're glad to have you here with us in Cozy Corner here at WKMF. So we've had, I think we've had a pretty good show tonight. And yeah, I think so too. You know what? I love that Antoine didn't call us. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> Antoine, and congratulations to our old buddy Antoine Duplay for his show. I, I will probably not listen to it <laughs> but you know what he already knows that mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh wrap up predator final thoughts i already know what you're gonna say i'm like antoine it's perfect it's perfect <laughs> it's perfect how many times have i said it? watch predator have a good time uh, yeah. and watch predator i think that's our main message for this <laughs> i think it's the me- i think for it's the, the message of the show Predator. Watch Predator and check out Polly Walnuts over there at Ivan the Terribles. What did you think of the track from Polly Walnuts? Oh, I love that. I liked it too. It was yeah. a nice, very good vibe. Very it was a good vibe. It was a nice change of pace. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, she, Weird Gal, she never does us wrong. Mm-mm. She never does never us wrong. And she's a great friend of the show and we're glad to have her. Uh, so looking forward next week, what do you think? How excited are you about? What lies beneath? Ooh, I'm so excited. I, fl- uh, I think that was my first Harrison Ford movie. Wow. That I saw. Wow. Yeah, and I loved it. So wow. I'm ready to see it. I, uh, I can't. Ooh. Ooh, we're getting, we're getting a phone call. Ooh, I see that. We're getting a phone call. And oh. <clears throat> Let's hope it's not who we think it is. I hope it's not Antoine. Hello, you are on the Late Night Friday, WKMF, Cozy Corner, Public Radio with Dan and Faith. Go ahead. What is on your mind? This is Harrison. Harrison Ford? Yes, Harrison Ford. Asian nerd. You're going to be watching my movie. Yeah, we are. What lies beneath? Mm-hmm. That's the one where I'm. Uh, that's the one where I'm with the Amish girl, right? No. No, I, I think that's a. Uh, is that Witness? Yeah. That's Witness. Yeah, I was great in that. So anyway, um, 
I'm gonna be doing your little show. Community service. What'd you do? I went on the Muppet Show and uh, I punched a Muppet. Oh, wow. In his face. shows up we got stood up this week oh. i hope do you do you want him to show up i was gonna say that. i don't do know anything. if i want him to show up he seems a little uh what does he what does he have to be to be grumpy about i don't know i don't know i'm sure he's a I'm sure he has a lovely singing voice um <laughs> speaking of getting stood up you know we're getting we're actually getting close to the end and yeah. he hasn't shown up let's you want to call him again let's call him yeah, again let's, let's call him again Yeah, how's it going? Bobby, what is going on? My God, you guys, have you ever tried to corral two big drunk guys into a car? It is terrible. These guys are so drunk. No, you sound like that all the time. I swear you cannot drink any more peach schnapps. You drink them out of it. And Ivan Terribles, we went down to Hammerhead Eggs. Don't do in ah. I told you you couldn't say that on the radio. And oh my God, you guys, there is something very big. It is very bright. And it is moving through the sky very fast. You guys, it is coming right for you. Get out of there. Did you hear the way it just went to static at the end? Like, like it was almost like uh, electromagnetic? Yeah. You don't, th- uh, you don't think, <sighs> do you? You I hope don't not. think. Hold on, let's go back out, Doctor Palladium. Doctor Palladium, are you with us? Yes, I am here. We see it. It is coming. Get out of the way! Like a big thud. Yeah. Like a big metal thud. How we don't have that much longer left. I. You know, we've never signed off on this we show. We never have, I know. You people are out there probably, we have a great sign-off. We practiced it and everything, and we're never going to use the sign-off. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you want me to? I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. You have to get out of here right now. We have had a UFO incident. You have to get out of here right now. All right, all right, we're... We're gonna. Oh look! Of course, the phone line, phone line comes back. This is the king of rock and roll. I just want to tell the good people at Cozy Corner, I may have brought it in a little too hot. My bad. Elvis. uh, I don't. I don't. 
You have to go right now. All right, we're coming. We're coming. We're not going to get to finish the show. Again, we're not finishing the show. Again, Elvis, it is all your fault. Elvis, you little son of a... Hey everybody, it's Dan from the Late Night Fright. Be sure to check out our website, LateNightFright.com, and subscribe to our email list. Also, check us out on Instagram at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Sweet dreams. See you on the other side.